This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is uh, Jay Horowitz, and welcome to the latest edition of the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. Maz, I was doing some research. First, my guest is Lee Mazzilli, my friend for almost 40 years. Maz, doing some research, and the only thing you probably haven't done connected with baseball is sell hot dogs or run a parking lot. <laughs> In my estimation, you've been a player, a coach, a manager, an analyst, and a Broadway star, and Tony and Tita's wedding on Broadway. How can you even go to Broadway? What happened? <laughs> That's funny, man. That was a long time ago. I, uh, yeah, I probably, did, you know, baseball has given me everything in my life uh, to my family and my kids. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, you've been part of my, uh, my life, my professional yeah. life. So. I saw the play, man. Uh, I kind of ran the gamut and, and uh, had a good time doing it. Yeah. You, 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 you were good. I don't know if you remember. So I came to the Mets. April 1st, 1980. I came there because they wanted a kind of a crazy PR guy to write different kind of stories. So the first story I ever sold to a paper was about you, how the great Lee Mazzilli won eight national junior titles as a speed skater and almost made the Olympics. But how, how close did you come to pursuing that? I mean, you were well, in, in seventy. Very, very close. Um, you know, that's a good question. And you said you're going back almost 40 years. Uh, you know, back then, Jay, uh, one of the I wanted to, you know, I was competing for speed skating back then. So you're going back to 1972, uh, it was for the Sapporo uh, Japan Olympics. But back then, you could not compete and be a professional and amateur at the same time and then go into the Olympics. You know, times and politics have changed since then. So during that time of 72, and I was in 71, I was still in high school doing both. And uh, I was going to go to the training seminar they had in in, uh, Colorado, uh, the Air Force Academy, to train that summer before to make this national team and to go on to the Olympic trials if I could. But I had to decide, you know, at that time, like I said, you couldn't do both. And obviously my dream and my first love was always baseball. So uh, I had to forego that, give that up, and really concentrate or decide what I wanted to do was baseball. So just the scouts and all that all that stuff of, of being drafted was happening in 71, at like uh, the summer before the Olympics. So and you raced against some of the up. big guys, like yeah. you know, Eric Hyden. You did all those. You were a, you ran a, you know, I know you ran against Bonnie Blair's brother and everything. So you oh, were yeah. I just you know I look back at all those people. Uh, you know, if there's any one thing that you know I said this that I, I guess you kind of re- regret. I don't know. It's not too many things you regret in, in baseball and life. You know, but if there's one thing from the professional side, I kind of wish that I had the opportunity to make 
an Olympic team. Because I think it's so cool to be able to uh, say I represented the United States on the Olympic team. You know, I think that's neat. I don't know. I just, you know, I looked at yeah, all Yeah, well, you, you, you had a great career otherwise yeah. in baseball. I said, coming out of Lincoln High School in 73, number one, uh, Mets number one pick. How much pressure, at Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, before I forget? Well, yeah, how know, much pressure sure to be a local guy? You know, how, how much pressure on, on yeah. men? I, I'm sure there was. I didn't think of it at the time. But, you know, it's funny you, you asked this question. I was just talking about this. I don't know, maybe a week ago uh, with some friends. And just to think that you came out of New York and drafted in, you said, found out that you were a number one pick. And I was the 14th pick in the country. Like, are you kidding me? You know, that's how I looked at it. Really? Come on. Like, I didn't know any of that. All I wanted to do when I was a junior in high school and, and, and found out that scouts were coming to games to watch me, and you wouldn't get drafted the senior year. I just I prayed that I would get drafted in the fiftieth round. I kid you not. I just wanted to get drafted and play professional baseball, and then to get drafted number one. It's like it, it was like nah, this, this is not true. You know, because you don't think of that. Like back then, you don't know what round and how good you are or what you can do. All. Uh, I think all the kids in New York and Brooklyn that, that I know and played against just wanted to get drafted. They didn't worry about what round or even cared, you know? Who cared? So I, that was a blessing. I, I, mean, I, I remember, how much, was a pr- I mean, remember how much pride your dad, Libro, took in coming to the games. And you know, uh, I, think, I don't remember yeah. missing a home game in the time he when I was the there. Pops, you know, Pops, he didn't miss a game. He was there every single game. The ushers, he was like an usher, you know, all <laughs> friends. Yeah, he had a lot of pride in doing that. Yeah, he just he loved it. And you know, back then in the seventies, it was a little, it was a different time. Obviously, I mean, but you know, the Mets struggled, but at the beginning, but you know, I I came up with some great players and great people, and uh, learned so much about baseball. You know, my teammates, Jay, look who they were: Tom Seaver, Joe Torre, Jerry Kuzman, John Matlack. It's it's a pretty good Brody. Uh, Bud Harrelson. Those are my teammates, man. Painful. I mean, you just learn so much baseball. Matt, you played when you got the uh, Joe Torre became a player manager first. And I know you st- stood in con- contact with him and you know, supported all of Joe's affairs. And, you know, Bobby Valentine, know you're friendly with. Did you say Joe would go on to what he did? I mean, his first couple of stops weren't great. You played with a teammate, he was your manager. Was there anything about. You know, Joe oh, Torrey yeah, back you, then. Yeah. Jay, you know, people think because of records, you know, that that determines the type of manager or coach that you are. They're so far from the truth because you're only as good as your players as well, too. I mean, the teams weren't very good back then. So when he was, when Joe was managing New York for five years, and every year he lost 90 games, right? Yes. Team. You know, the team never spent money at that time. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got fired. The very next year, he went to Atlanta and then went to the playoffs. Right. So uh, that, that's kind of misleading. Yeah, you knew what type of um, you knew what type of um, knowledge he had and how he, about the game. You know that about people. You know that about Bobby Bobby Valentine and being around and being a teammate. We were roommates together. I knew what type of baseball guy he was. There are so many good 
baseball people out there, you know, uh, that you don't hear of, you know, that just haven't been given a chance to to really expand their, you know, what they want to do. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. Like yeah, I man, said, talk about you know, when I came up in 76, Jay, I, you know, I learned a lot of hitting from Tom Seaver. I learned really? a lot about hitting from Tom Seaver and Jerry Kuzman. Uh, just to sit down and they would talk to you about how they would pitch certain hitters and what they would throw in this situation. So it was a very valuable experience for me to learn that from a pitching standpoint. That too, too good to really hear nowadays. No. Man, it's took 1979 All-Star Game, Seattle. You come up as a pinch hitter in the eighth inning, hit a home run to tie the game, and next yeah. inning you walk bases loaded for the Woody run. How about that kind of a memory for you? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's just you, – you remember Chuck Cotier? You sure, yeah. He, he used to have this thing. We used to walk to airports. He used to have these things to try and make people turn around. And when he dropped stuff, he used to be able to throw his voice. That's what yeah. I remember about Chuck Cotier. So Chuck Cotier was a third base coach. Right. Mets, right? I think in 79. And I just told, you know, he was so happy for me. I, you know, I made the all-star team. So I said, hey, Chuck, don't worry. I'm going to hit a home run. He goes, what? This is before I left. She's what do you mean? He says, well, I said, Chuck, I'm probably only going to get one at bat, and I am going to swing from my tail off as hard as I can. And I said, I hope I hit it, and I'm going to try to hit a home run. I said, you know, it, it was a joke. Obviously, it was a joke. You can't do it. Anyway, when I came back, I got lucky, that's all. I got lucky when I hit the home run. Uh, well, we, 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 just laughed about we, we that. That do was, it. You know what? That's one of the greatest experiences of my life because if you look at an all-star game back then and the plays that you played with and you lock it with are some of the greatest Hall of Famers of all time. And I have pictures. It's just you reminisce. Those are things you can reminisce about. Big truth. April 1st, 1982, I'm working at the old Huggins Stangle Field Task Frank Cash would call me. Maybe I got my facts screwed up. He said, see if you could find Lee Mazzilli and put him on the phone to me with me. So I think I went over to your house. I, I, do I have the facts? I put you no, on the phone. No, you called me. No. I so, called you. Okay, I didn't go there. Yeah. And did I tell you you were traded to the Rangers? No, you didn't. Frank did. Well, you Frank, and I, yeah, I, I, I'll get your facts straight. All right, well, it's in a long time. I'm getting long. Yeah, my memory's yeah, not no, great. Right? My memory's not great. 38 years, whatever. Yeah. Um, Bobby, uh, Bobby V and I were living together on St. Pete Beach. Right. Uh, and Bobby was coaching with the, uh, right? I think he was smiling, whatever. We were, we were, we were together uh, on a beach, and we were going out to dinner. We were staying together, and um, we were going to dinner. And at that time, I think there was a time, uh, uh, trading deadline, the date and time. So uh, I think it was on April 1st, right? I think it was like an 8 o'clock deadline, let's say. Like, you know, nowadays they have a 4 o'clock deadline. Right. Whatever reason, that comes to mind that there was a deadline that, you know, that 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 night. And I think it was at 8 o'clock, and so we're ready to go to dinner, and, and uh, uh, it was about 20 minutes to 8, and that's when the phone rang. And we were waiting, waiting, no phone calls. And uh, about 20 minutes to 8, pick up the phone. Back then, there was no cell phones. 
You had to be by your landline, obviously, or couldn't get in touch with anyone. And um, that's when you called. You called and you said, hey, Maz, uh, Frank. Yeah, I went, which was full mumble, right? Probably. Yeah, for you, I like, Frank, Frank, Frank. Because I know, like, you, like, it wasn't just a job for you. I know. Cause no, you no, you know. It was hard for you to make that call. Yeah, it was. And that's when it told me. And then Bobby and I just I said, I'm going to Texas. She said, all right, let's go out and eat. And we didn't yeah. the next morning. Bobby took and me so out all night. You, it, it turned out you would trade it for two pretty good pitchers, Ron Darling yeah. and yeah, Will Yeah, it was kind of a cornerstone move for the Mets at that time. Yeah. In, in in 82, you know, you got Ron Darling and Paul Terrell back. Um, it, so, you know, and Ronnie just... You know, turned out to be such a, a good pitcher, an asset, and a good friend. Yeah. You guys, and, and a good friend. That's, yeah. You know, and that's that's the amazing thing that you look back, going back almost forty years ago, and and you 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 say this is a play you got traded for, and half the people forget who they get traded for. And forty years later, you remain friend, friend. Yeah, it's, and, it's great. And it's yeah. kind of cool. I think that's kind of cool. But man, you make, you make your way back. And then Howard Johnson so. came out of that deal as well. Yeah, well, how Johnson was straight yes. for Walt Perel, too. Yes, so it was yeah. kind of a domino effect. But you, but you do come back to the Mets in 86 and get two big pinch hits in game six. You tie the game up in the eighth inning, and then in game seven, you you know, you know uh, score the first run in the rally. I mean, look at look at back. You, you wanted to win a, a championship with the Yankees in 2000 as a coach, but that had to be a pretty big thrill to, you know, you started. Yeah, you know, you know, there's no question because – you know, being there during the lean years, you know, uh, during the 70s, and then you never know if you're ever going to get that opportunity. Look at Joe Torrey. Look how, look how what, what kind of great career Joe Torrey has had as a player, right? Never got to the playoffs or World Series. And the only time he did, and obviously he made up for it as a manager for the Yankees. So as a player, you, you never know. So to come back in 86, uh, to be part of it, it was was just uh, the icing right. on the cake. Although it yeah. wasn't the same, you know, if players understand this a little a little bit better than most would because, and trust me, I, I, I don't, I cherish every moment that we had during the playoffs and series, but it's not the same as a player being from start to finish with the team. You know, I came to the team in the middle of the season, right? Right, in August, I think. I don't remember, but so so it's not the same feeling as, um, you know, being with the team from day one in spring training, finishing the year and winning the series. A little different, you know. And then, uh, uh, but it, I, I said, I still, you know, I still hold it very dear to me. Uh, and you got two big hits. Time. I mean, do you yeah, two big. Yeah, hits? no, and anytime. Well, listen, when you're playing on a team. You got to figure out it is a team. Um, anytime you can contribute in any form, pretty good, you know. Yep. And uh, it was a great, great World Series, great playoffs. That's the thing that I'm most uh, proud of, of being involved in is that you had two, you know, two major playoffs, you know, that we could very easily, I think, affected that team first two games of, of the World Series '86. Just the emotional uh, uh, stress that uh, the Astros series put on. No that question. Was such a great no series. question. They had a good team too, as well. 
No question. Now, so your brother Freddie dies in 2012. Since then, you've been, you know, founding the charity his name, and you you, you sponsor screening uh, to help uh, you know locate for lung cancer to try and pre-screen to help uh, people with lung cancer. What is that charity meant meant for well, you? Well, it's it's a big charity. So obviously, it's close to me. You know, I lost my 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 brother and my best friend in the world a couple you know a few years back. So. Uh, you know, we started this charity in New York Presbyterian at Brooklyn Methodist. That's where he was, only because of the doctor that took care of him. Was, you know, he was a doctor that was around the, there around the clock, uh, 2 a.m. He's in his room with him. He's just a, a doctor who's so conscientious about his job and cared about people. So my sister and I just came thought and started thinking about what we can do with his doctor in the hospital. So we came up with a plan of um, a charity that was for uh, free lung screening tests and taking a CT scan for testing for people in Brooklyn. And at that time, they were charging, you know, $1,000 for screening, and we were were offering uh, free screening. And it's something to where people are not... You know, they're not aware of of, of uh, the CT scan and lung screening. Uh, they're, you know, lung cancer kills more people than pancreatic, prostate cancer, breast cancer combined. Combined. That's and, crazy. Uh, uh, so what we do is we try to give free lung screening. No one knows. You know, we all go out, uh, Jay, to get nodules. Uh, for women, you know, we get uh, men go get uh, colonoscopies. You know, they're aware of that, but they're not they're not aware of getting lung lung screening. And because it's a stigma of people think it's a self inflicted thing because they think it's from smoking. It's so far from the truth, and it's not. You know, obviously it's a big part of it. Don't get me wrong, but um, just not aware of getting it. So what we try to do is. Try to get it out there, you know, and give them free screening. And we save people already. Man, so, if somebody wants to contribute, uh, I know it's online. We tell the people what. Uh, yeah. It, it's it, just it, FredLMazzilliFoundation.com. And uh, you can read all about it. You know, obviously, last year we had to cancel it because of the pandemic. But uh, we're going to be up and running again in September. We have, I can't thank. The celebrities, all the all players, the actors and stuff. I mean, we we just have some great turnout, man. If people come, so uh, usually it's at, it was at the Hard Rock Cafe uh, in September. That's when we usually plan it. But it's just a great event. It just gives people in Brooklyn and in New York free screening, and that's what we want. So, uh, uh, and we do it in my brother's name. And, uh, yeah, it's a great you know, thing you're doing. I'll tell you what, Jay, we, we can always, we, we look for sponsors. We are a family-oriented foundation. My wife licks the envelopes. She writes She writes the envelopes. So I put the stamps on. And my kids do this. We just don't have the big sponsors, you know, like a lot of foundations have. So we are a labor of love foundation, and whatever we raise, we feel good about. And, you know, if we raise $10,000, my feeling is, well, that's 10000 more than you had yesterday. So, no question. Uh, uh, that's, that's how we do it. So, uh, like I said, it's a family, my sister, my wife, and I, our kids. 
Hey, Max, listen, first, thank you for your time. It's been my honor to be your friend, your wife, Danny, your son, LG, all these years. And uh, I think it's friend. the other way around because you are, you know, you're a person, you know, that old saying is they, they don't have a bad bone in their body. Well, you don't have a bad bone. Well, you're a good, good man. It's a pleasure to be your friend, and, uh, and thank you for the time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.